Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, I've been preaching a series over the last couple of weeks called He Did It For Me. We've been looking at the five miracles we could say that Jesus performed, uh, if you'll allow me to say this, for Peter. And of course, those miracles we looked at, firstly, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, who remembers that? And secondly, we spoke about the miracle catch of fish. Last week, we leaned into Peter walking on water, who was blessed by last week's sermon. Remember, we spoke about two storms that were in operation. Yes, there was the wind and the waves, but the real storm was the storm that was on the inside. And that's the storm that Jesus chose to address. Take courage. I am here. Don't be afraid. Because real victory is not the external changing. Real victory begins in here. Can you say amen? And so today is our last message in this series. So I have to get two miracles combined into one message. And we are going to have a look at the payment of the temple tax. And lastly, I've never, ever heard a sermon on this before, but we're going to give it a go today. And that is the healing of Malchus's ear, the payment of the temple tax. So if you have your Bibles, come with me on a journey this morning. We are going to have a look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 24. Matthew, chapter 17, verse 24. When you've got it, can I have a good amen? Matthew 17, Verse 24, when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, by the way, this miracle is only recorded in Matthew's Gospel. Interestingly, it's got to do with tax, the collection of money. Matthew was a? Thank you very much. They came to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think? Obviously, Jesus has had a word of knowledge, Simon. From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes from their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, from strangers. Jesus said to him, the sons are free, nevertheless lest we offend them. Oh, we could preach that one. We could build a whole sermon right on that. Is uh, What's the point of offending people if they're gonna miss the gospel? Okay, so anyway, that's a whole nother story. We'll save that maybe 2023. Nevertheless, lest we offend them. Go to the sea, cast a hook and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Jesus and the disciples had been ministering. They come back to their home base, Galilee, Capernaum, and they are singled out. Peter is singled out by those who collect the temple tax. They ask Peter the question, does your teacher pay the temple tax? It was a requirement of all Jews to pay a tax in order to keep the temple running. 
Jesus or Peter responds, excuse me, and says, of course, my teacher pays the temple tax. He makes that statement without Jesus's permission. Jesus has a word of knowledge. Peter comes back into the house and Jesus uh, obviously perceives the conversation that had happened between Peter and those who collected the temple tax. And Jesus goes ahead by asking Peter a question. Eventually, Jesus tells Peter that yes, we should pay the temple tax. And one of the most bizarre miracles in the ministry of Jesus happens in this moment. Jesus says to Peter in Matthew chapter 17, verse 27, go to the sea, cast in a hook and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Now for Peter, this was a real challenge because Peter was a professional fisherman. And as a professional fisherman, he was not accustomed to a hook, line and sinker. He was a net fisherman. This challenged his mentality on how to actually catch a fish. Secondly, as a veteran fisherman, his experience would have proved otherwise. It is not a daily or regular occurrence that you catch a fish and you find two days worth of wages in the mouth of a fish. What we see here is a need. There is a need that actually needs to be met. And we see that when there's a need, there is always a provision found in Jesus. Where there's hunger, the Lord provides food. Where there's thirst, there's water. Where there's loneliness, He provides friends. Where there's sickness, there is healing. Where there's discouragement, there is encouragement. Where there's hopelessness, He provides hope. Where there is anxiety, He provides peace. Where there is depression, He provides joy. And for every single need that we have in our lives, there is always a corresponding path of provision. Now watch this, we could say it this way. Everywhere there is a legitimate need, there is a legitimate provision. I love Psalm 23. Psalm 23 starts off by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The New Living Translation puts it this way, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. But what's strange about this miracle is that the Lord provides for their need, for Peter and for Jesus, the method that was used, we could say, was unconventional. Jesus could have used or performed the miracle in many ways, but on this occasion, it was an unconventional way of providing resource to pay for a tax. And we discover in the purposes of God that often He will use unconventional methods to meet our need. We see in the Old Testament when Elijah was hiding from Ahab and Jezebel that the Lord used ravens 
to bring food and bread or meat and bread for him. This was the original Uber Eats when he was in hiding. It was an unconventional method to bring about provision. And there are times in our lives where God wants to bring about financial provision and He will use an unconventional method. He used a widow's barrel to provide flour and oil. He fed a crowd of thousands by using five loaves and two fish. It's an unconventional method. And when Peter was worried about money, God provided in a way that he would not have thought to pray for. I can't imagine Peter praying in that moment, Lord, we need a fish. And this fish is to have a coin in its mouth. It was the furthest thing from his mind. But God will use unconventional methods to supply our need. Every now and again, if you think back over your walk with Jesus, you will discover God's unconventional methods. There are things that the Lord does that you cannot plan for, you cannot pray for, yet He uses miracle resource to bless us and to help us in our journey. Interestingly, this is the only miracle in the Bible where money is actually used. It is the only miracle where you do not know the result. Every other miracle in the Bible, you find out the result, but not this miracle. And we ask ourselves the question, why? Why is it with this unconventional method that we don't know the result? Because if I was writing this, I would have concluded the story. I would have said, well, Peter went and he paid the temple tax. But all we are told is that Jesus asked Peter to go fishing, to collect the money and to pay for the temple tax. We don't know the result. And I wanna preach in this miracle just for a few minutes, if I could please, about financial provision and the sacredness between you and the Lord when it comes to generosity. You see, there's something about finances that is sacred between you and God. There's something when it comes to resource that the writer, the Holy Spirit chose not to give us the conclusion. Why? Because there's something when it comes to resource and finances that's personal between you and God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, the Scripture says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. What was their reward? The applause of people. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Verse four, so that your giving may be 
in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There's something about God's unconventional methods to bless us, to bring about miracle resource in our journey. He wants to bless you with unconventional methods. However, when it comes to finance, you must realise that this is a sacred ministry, a sacred encounter between you and the Lord. Let me explain it like this. Pastor friend of mine, good church, uh, they had a really good year of, of generosity in their church. And they were having a board meeting and just looking at the blessing of God. And, and one of the board members said, you know what I really think a good thing would be to do in the life of our church? Why don't we recognise the most generous people in the church? How you measure that, I'm not too sure because it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. And so they said, uh, I think it would be good as a board and, and through the pastor to call those individuals and to say thank you for a wonderful year of generosity. He felt a little bit uncomfortable about it because he knew that generosity was a sacred thing between the giver and the Lord. And they pushed and pushed and pushed. And he was like, all right, let's make some phone calls. He called the first person. Person said, thank you. Second phone call, a little bit awkward. Third phone call, the lady said, Pastor, I'm so glad that you called, but I do need to let you know this is very uncomfortable because my giving is a sacred ministry between me and my God. I really don't want anyone else knowing about it. This miracle of finance, we don't know the outcome. We don't know how it concludes. You know why? Because it's sacred. It's between the individual and the Lord. Your generosity is a ministry. Your generosity is changing lives. You heard Pastor Jackson, our youth pastor, when he came up here earlier talking about 40, 50 young people. By the way, it's the launch of a new youth ministry. That's not an established youth ministry. That's a new youth ministry in Southwest Sydney. And young people encountering the presence of God. But how did that come about? Because of a sacred ministry between God's people blessing the Lord with their resource, honouring the Lord with their generosity. I don't know how this miracle finished. I don't know what the conclusion is of the story, but what I do know is that it was sacred. Your generosity is sacred. Your generosity is honourable. Your generosity, excuse me, is precious between you and Jesus. And whether today it's the widow's might, it's someone who's come giving the very best that they could possibly give, 
or whether it's someone who has an abundance of resource, your generos- generosity, I keep getting that word wrong, I do know how to say it. <laughs> your generosity is so precious. Can I thank you? Can I honour you for worshipping Jesus with your giving? For thinking beyond yourself, for adopting the nature of God, for God so loved the world that He gave. Because in Horizon Church, one of our values is generosity. We believe that being a blessing to others is part of who we are. And this sacred calling that you have, how beautiful, how precious it is to come to the feet of Jesus, to wash His feet, to honour Him, to love Him with your generosity. This is no small ministry. This is not something that goes without notice. The Lord sees, and the Lord sees this precious, beautiful ministry that you have that is changing people's lives. Can you say amen? I have sat with people, yeah, let's give God a hand of praise. He deserves all the glory. I have sat with people in recent weeks in our church, people who've experienced the love of God, people who have experienced healing, people who have experienced life-changing moments in the presence of God, all because of your generosity. What a wonderful God we serve. Colossians chapter three, verse 23 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Ephesians chapter six, verse eight, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. I thank God for the opportunity to invest and to sow into His kingdom. I thank God for the opportunity that you and I get to participate in expanding and advancing the kingdom of God through our generosity, but may we never forget how sacred and how precious and how beautiful this ministry is, not between you and me, but between you and the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Can we keep going? Running out of time, because we're gonna move into some ministry soon. But I wanna have a look at the second miracle, if we could please. And that is the healing of Malchus's ear. Normally I'd preach this over five weeks, but Christmas, not this, but as in the five miracles. (laughs) But Christmas is coming. Luke chapter 22, verse 47. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up The man who was called Judas, so they're about to arrest Jesus. One of the 12 was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Be careful who kisses you on the cheek. (laughs) When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them, 
struck the servant of the high priest. Now, in this story is in all four Gospels. It's only in John's Gospel that he actually names the person. He names Peter. He's obviously never read, love covers a multitude of sins. Luke covered his sin, but not John. <laughs> they said, Lord, I thought that was funny. Should we strike with our swords? Verse 50, and one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. How bad is that? Cutting off someone's ear, that's terrible. But Jesus answered, no more of this. Watch this, Jesus touches the man's ear and healed him. Two facts about this. First one is, Peter hurt Malchus. Something, watch this, that no believer should ever do. Stay with me now. Second fact is, Peter, because of his action, hurt the testimony of Christ, gave those people a false impression about the goodness of God. He thought he was William Wallace on that day. Yeah. Imagine this crowd coming, he's like, freedom! <laughs> Let's get him! <laughs> but he hurt someone who didn't have an understanding about the goodness of God. Let me ask you a question. Now we can get heavy this morning. Are you ready? Who's ready to get heavy this morning? Have you ever acted like Peter? Have you ever done something that you think, Lord, if I had my time again, I would have done that a little bit different? Well, I wanna tell you a story of when I acted like Peter. When I was a youth pastor or a youth leader, I should say, I wasn't on church staff at that time. One of my good friends had come to Christ. I brought him to a youth camp and he had a wonderful experience with God and his life was changed. Fantastic, loved it. And he came from a non-Christian background, but had a genuine encounter with the love of God. Interesting to watch his journey and he'd come along to different youth events and saw the goodness of God and it was just brilliant to watch. Went through the new Christians course, got baptised in the Holy Spirit, baptised in water, absolutely fantastic. But then when he got to uni, he had a couple of struggles and he was figuring out his faith and started to fall away from the Lord. Sadly, at that time, the culture that we had at that time when I was a youth leader was almost uh, if someone starts to fall away from God, rather than trying to rescue the individual, we started, we were taught verses like, how can light mix with darkness? It's better just to let them go and, and, and they'll work it out. And I found myself as a friend to this person, isolating myself from him. And my whole approach to the situation was definitely not Christ-like. He was looking for love. He was looking for someone 
to help him navigate his journey. But I pulled out my sword and cut off his ear. It was not the heart of Jesus. It was not how you treat people. It was not how you show kindness to people because that's what Jesus would do. And I isolated myself from Him and let Him go on His journey. He graduated from uni, got a job uh, in Europe, spent about two years in Europe and I just completely lost contact with Him. He came back and He came to back to church, thank God. And during that time, while He was overseas, He had a fresh experience with the love of God and, and had experienced healing in His life and God had set Him free and He was doing really well. But our relationship, it was strained. Our relationship, there was a challenge because I had distanced myself from somebody who needed help. In this story, Peter tried to act in a way that he thought would advance the purposes of God. But in actual fact, it was not the heart of Christ. But the beauty of our God is that in that moment, remembering this is the very last miracle before Jesus would go to the cross, He healed and repaired a man's ear. See, we can do things that in hindsight, I wish I would have handled that a little bit different, but here's the kindness of our God. Every situation where you could have acted a little bit smarter, <laughs> a little bit wiser, the Lord reaches out His hand and He's bringing healing. Over time, I saw healing in that relationship. Why? It wasn't my goodness. It wasn't my car. I had done the wrong thing by distancing myself from somebody who needed help. But Jesus never distances Himself and reached out and repaired my wrong. See, we all, come on now, we all have scenarios. We all have circumstances. I've lived long enough to tell you this. We all do. Where I wish, Lord, I could have handled that a little bit better. But God in His grace, God in His kindness, He reaches out and He heals Malchus's ear. Amen. I went to his birthday and I was invited to his 40th birthday celebration. Time had passed, healing had come. And it comes time for the 40th birthday speech. I thought that the first person he would have honoured was his mum, his dad, maybe his brother. And when it came time for the 40th birthday speech, he said, I'm so glad tonight that Pastors Brad and Alison are here. Pastor Brad, in fact, was the person who first ever invited me to church, and gave my heart to God. 
He's been a friend to me. He's been an encouragement. He's been a help over the years. And I stood there on that night, humble in the presence of God, because it wasn't not my strength, it was not my ability that changed that circumstance. It was the hand of Jesus healing Malchus's ear. One of the things, stay with me now, one of the things that truly robs peace in our lives are broken and damaged relationships. It'll keep you up, wake up at one, then two, possibly three, maybe four, thinking, thinking, thinking. But you need to know today, Peter, yes, you did the wrong thing. Don't be chopping people's ears off. That's not a good strategy to have friends in life. (laughs) Proverbs says, he who wants friends must first consider himself to be friendly. (laughs) But we're not perfect. And sometimes we get it wrong. But thank God for Jesus who reaches out and heals Malchus's ear. Can you say amen? If you've got a relationship, if you've got, if our musos can come this morning, and if you have a circumstance of some sort where you think, Come on, we're exercising a bit of humility in the house of God today. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And we're saying, Lord, help me in this circumstance. Help me with something that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, three years ago, 20 years ago. Can you heal Malchus's ear? The hand of our Lord is reaching out to every circumstance. Now, I'm not talking, just a disclaimer. Let me have a drink of water. I'm not talking about damaging people and saying, all right, Lord, heal Malchus's ear. <laughs> I'm just talking about everyday life. I'm talking about things where we just get it wrong every now and again. But He's the restorer. He's the healer. And He's the one, church, who can bring breakthrough. That's you today. And you feel the Lord speaking to you and saying, God, help me, help me. Bring about a healing. Bring about a restoration. Would you be humble enough just right where you are, just to stand up on your feet and I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you and believe God for a restoration. Come on, don't be embarrassed. People are standing up right across the auditorium. We're gonna pray this morning. We're gonna pray for healing. These relationships, they matter to God. They matter to God. They matter to God. In Jesus' wonderful Name. Just a few more seconds. And then I'm gonna pray for people this morning. Thank You, Lord. So Father, I just thank You today for those who are standing. Thank You, Lord, that they're so willing to be so courageous, so courageous in an auditorium to say, that's me, wow. And I thank You today, Father, that just like You healed Malchus's ear, just like You brought about a healing and a restoration at that time, would You reach out Your hand 
in every circumstance that's here today? And would You bring healing and freedom? Would You bring about a restoration? So Lord, I speak to every circumstance. I speak, Lord, to every broken, damaged relationship and I declare the healing power of God in Jesus' Name. And I thank You for an abundance of miracles. I thank You for breakthrough. I thank You, Lord, You are gonna set people free. And so Father, I thank You that You are the God of peace and You will supply an abundant peace, a supernatural, abundant peace. In Jesus' Name we pray, Amen, Amen. You can grab your seats just for a moment. Before I bring our meeting to a close, I wanna pray for people who've never made a commitment to Jesus before. You don't know what it means to have a personal experience with the love of God. In a moment, we're gonna pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer that invites Jesus Christ, the Son of God to come into our lives, to forgive us of our past and to give us a brand new start. I'm gonna pray and everybody in the auditorium is gonna repeat this prayer after me. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes and why don't you pray this prayer after me. Those of you who are online, you can pray this prayer as well. Dear Jesus Christ, I believe in You. Come into my heart and be my Saviour. I receive Your forgiveness, Your love and complete acceptance. I am now set free from my past. I am now a child of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never prayed that prayer before or you did a long time ago, but today you're opening up your heart to the love of God, right where you are, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. The reason why, so I can see you. I wanna pray for you. I've got a couple of people in the auditorium. Some of our team are also helping me to see. So on the count of three, raise your hand. If you're recommitting your life to God, you want an assurance of your salvation, you're opening up your heart to Jesus for the first time. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Lift it up nice and high. I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. God bless you, sir. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. Thank you so much. Is there anyone else? I'd love the opportunity. Come on, that's a couple of people already who've opened up their hearts to the love of God. Who else is there? I'd love the opportunity to pray for you this morning. In Jesus' wonderful Name. So good, awesome. I see your hand as well. Is there anyone else? I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, God. Thank You, Father. So Father, I just thank You today for Your love. I thank You for Your goodness. I thank You for Your kindness. I thank You for those, Lord, who've opened up their hearts today. Lord, may You encourage them. May You bless them. Thank You for new beginnings. Thank You for a life transforming experience in the presence of Jesus today. For Your Word says, if any of us be in Christ, we are new creations. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. We speak that and declare that in Jesus' wonderful Name. Amen, Amen. Can we give all of those who raised their hand a great clap of encouragement? A great, great clap of encouragement. So good. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.